The Houston Astros leave Chicago with a win. They win the series. Yanner Diaz goes deep for his first major league home run. Hunter Brown looks good today, but they almost give the game back to Chicago. We'll talk about this and the offense that shows up for an inning or two on this edition of Locked on Astros. Alvarez, it's a high drive center field. Beer leans back. This game is turned upside down. There's the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. Find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, when you're not going to, to a Killers concert with me tonight, where can they find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on um, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. They can find me at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros. I want to say happy Mother's Day to my mom to my wife and to all the moms, to Betty, to Lisa, and to all the moms in my life. Thank y'all for the wonderful job y'all do. Yes. Uh, also, thanks to all the moms in my life, uh, everybody that even my ex-wife's mom, who's still uh, very involved with my children's life, helping them get to school when I have them. So Mother's Day is very important. And um, um, I, and in fact, my girlfriend uh, w- was celebrating Mother's Day with her mom and couldn't go to the Killers concert tonight. So Brett was able to step up f- for me tonight. So thank you for that, Brett. But um, guys, I am I am your Yanner Diaz to your Martin Maldonado, right? Right. Yes. So, guys, thank you for uh, making Lockdown Astros podcast your first listen every day, whether it's on YouTube. Go and make sure you subscribe to us. Go and make us your first listen and become an everydayer. I know we're a little bit early today, but we have to take off pretty soon and head to the Toyota Center. But we wanted to still give you your show today. And so um make sure you, you listen to us on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, go and check out the Locked on Astros podcast. And I know, um, who are we playing next? I haven't even been We're playing the Cubs. The Cubs? We're playing the oh, Cubs awesome. next, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Trey Mancini will return to a 15-second tribute video where they will show him stopping the ground ball in the World Series. <laughs> well, um, if because he Because he's with the Cubs. <laughs> even if he well, gets I mean, that. I mean, because he's going to get his ring, you might as well show his one World Series highlight, right? I mean, you know, show the first home run. But, yeah, you know, it's the Cubs. But, look, it's Framber, it's Javier, and it's J.P. France. I like like our chances in the next series. But we're playing two Chicago teams, one in Chicago, one back in Houston. So welcome home, guys. Yeah, if you want to catch every pitch of this series, go and check out SiriusXM. You'll ha- you'll hear Robert Ford, Steve Sparks uh, with all the play-by-play on SiriusXM. Just go to the App Store and download the SXM app. And the uh, first pitch is at 710. And uh, just search Astros. And pretty soon, this is another avenue for you to find the Locked on Astros podcast. Uh, so Brett just put it up there. So there's a lot to talk about. There's been some more mm-hmm. clarity about um, what's going on with uh, Michael Brantley. He actually spoke uh, to the media. And uh, so that, that's awesome to actually hear what's going on from his mouth uh, versus just, well, uh, yeah, you're not allowed to talk to him. And Yiner Diaz had his first major league home run. We talked about that. We're going to talk about that. Brandon Belak is surprising 
I think surprising a lot of people. I think uh, the starting pitching overall looked pretty good in this series. It wasn't Saturday's game. We'll, we'll just go ahead and call that the Montero game. Mm. The Montero mm. game and the offense just decided to uh, go and celebrate Mother's Day early and go ahead and go out to lunch with their mom and just not even show up for batting wow. practice or anything. Man. Like Golly, man, throw some shade and kick a hey man, we we just won four to three. You just but look. No, I said Saturday, I, not Sunday. No, no, I know. I under, I understand that. Um Montero, I mean, he, he's he's really number one, the Astros have come under scrutiny all season about signing him to the deal they signed him to. Um, there's only five relief pitchers that make more money than him in major league baseball. Ari Alexander from uh, KPRC tweeted that out over the weekend. And I thought that was a little, it's like, Ooh, I, I didn't realize it was that high. And the last three outings, Eric, he's just been given up. He, I mean, his, his ERA is through the roof. He is not locating the pitches where he was last year. And what's interesting about baseball is it's really hard not to have a recency bias because last year, Montero was absolutely locked down. And I remember Mariners fans kind of coming at us. Haha, y'all got Montero. You'll see. And he was nails last year. He, he right. was phenomenal. He was dependable. And he really was one of the MVPs. I mean, him and Stanek both were, were, were very good, were excellent. But it's rare that you see relief pitchers in these roles go year in and year out where they're good every single year. There's not a whole lot of guys that have track records where they go year to year to year where they're back to back. So there's some things he's got to figure out. There's some things that that they've got to retool with this guy because where he's locating the pitches, Eric, he is just throwing BP right now. And when the bats are as, as inconsistent as they are right now with the Houston Astros. Now, I don't expect them to win a game even against the White Sox, only scoring one run. They right. could afford more runs. But when your relief pitchers aren't out there, there's not really much of a late inning push you can make and get motivated for. So, you know, this series went the way of the offense. When the offense decided to show up, they they won. When the offense decided to not show up, they lost, and they almost lost today. Yeah, in today's game, you had Tim Anderson with four hard hits. He only had actual one hit. The Astros made some great plays on him. Um, I, I believe he was the guy that at the end of the game that – or somebody, Chaz McCormick, I was trying to set up for the show and everything, but Chaz McCormick laid out for that ball. That was beautiful, and the you saw a lot of great defensive plays. And what we saw this series is Jose Abreu. Uh, I'm not going to say his bat has awoken yet, but he's he looks a little bit more alive on defense. You can say that, right? Yeah, he looks a little bit more alive on defense. Did he get he get like two hits this series? Yeah. So yeah, his bat's still not awake. His bat still his <laughs> bat is still. I I don't know where it is, but yeah, I mean, it's extra key, there. It's getting there. He made some key. Um, hey, look, uh, this is kind of funny. Tim Anderson got on base with a single, and someone replayed the footage of it um, from the AT and T broadcast. And it looked like Tim Anderson was talking to Abreu and it looked like he mouthed the words, I hate this place or I hate it here. And I'm like Abreu's like, well, I'm not having much fun in Houston. I don't know what Abreu said, but, you know, the White Sox are having a terrible year. But man, to, like Tim Anderson in this series, 
Like, if you were to give an offensive MVP outside of someone like a Jordan or whatever, Tim Anderson was hitting the cover off the ball this series. He he could not be stopped. I mean, he was getting hit after hit. And towards the end of the game, when they were able to get him out finally, that was that was a big out. And so, um, yeah, Abreu, he's just kind of sleepwalking right now. They have kept um, Tucker and Jordan back-to-back, which is phenomenal. And the Astros are still a championship team. And if you're a championship team, you want the right parts, the right fit, and for the right price. So I'm going to tell you about eBay Motors right now. It's a championship season. Yes, we're the reigning world champs. And eBay Motors is there to make sure that every player and every part, I should say, for your car fits just right. So when your vehicle needs a part, you don't want to just mix match things. You want to make sure everything that you put in your vehicle is what it's supposed to be. So with the eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part fits right. Basically, what you do is you is you load your car into the my car into my garage and you look for the green check to know that the part fits. If for some reason it doesn't fit, you'll get your money back guaranteed without a problem. The thing is, they have over 122 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts and the right fit. Get the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions to apply. All right, and make sure you become a Locked on Astros everydayer. Locked on Astros everydayers is somebody like Mauricio Dubon, who even when he's not playing second base, he finds his way in the lineup. And we had Jeremy Pena today uh, get his first day off during the season. And so we had Mauricio Dubon still leading off, but uh, playing shortstop. So that was pretty cool. But I do want to kind of go back to what you were saying before the break about Dusty Baker getting out of his comfort comfort zone a little bit. And I think it goes back to a, uh, a, a bat that Alvarez had on Friday versus bummer. And um, I think he said, okay, well, I don't think I have to worry about Tucker and Alvarez facing lefties because um, bummer they're doing pretty good. Uh, I was trying to work it in there, but uh, I couldn't, but <laughs> A bummer right now, though, is Bummer's ERA. Did you know it's 9.45 on the season? And wow. Ronaldo Lopez is 7.64. I mean, really? if you I mean, I know the some of the Astros relievers, um, he who shall not be named until uh, a little bit later on the Astros, Montero, um, have a little high. Uh, ERAs, but Bummer used to be a pretty good uh, reliever, and he throws 100 miles per hour. So you would think that his ERA would be a little bit better. But well, I th- but then I, again, but then again, with 100 miles an hour, it it is it velocity is a double edged sword from a pitcher's perspective because velocity is there. Like today, um, a Braves velocity, perfect example, pumping 97, 90 mile an hour fastballs, 98 mile an hour fastballs over the plate, missing bats because it's all about placing the ball because the harder the ball comes down the pipe, the farther it can fly. So that exit velo off that back can be huge. And so, um, yeah, Bummer's been very inconsistent. Um, he was good. I think a couple seasons ago, he hasn't been where he was at one point in his career, but you know, the Astros have, have issues of their own. You know, when Ryan Stanek is off, he throws hard. And when those hard throwers miss right. their spots, they either walk or they give up hits and they don't just give up hits. They give up hard hits. 
And so that's what you have to, uh, that's what you have to avoid when you are a flamethrower. Yes. And if it, even if you throw a hundred, 101 miles per hour, you still got to have some type of movement like uh, Wallace is saying. Right. Um, and that's why you see a lot of um, people like Roldis Chapman. I know he does have some movement, but uh, you, you see them struggle at times during the playoffs. And I know uh, it's t- way too soon to talk trades, but Roldis Chapman is somebody that the Royals will likely trade at the trade deadline. And then if you look at uh, the Astros situation, Salvador Perez is a guy that the Astros would probably go look at, but it's going to take a lot. Um, somebody like him is, it, and you also have to take on the 20 something million dollar contract that he has. So that would be a big, um, big thing. But for Dusty Baker to move um, Abreu back uh, to the, the five hole, and then right. uh, we don't know how long uh, Altuve's stint with the AAA Space Space Cowboys will be. I know that he's 0 for 9 before today's game. Uh, I don't know if he's playing, if they played yet, but he hasn't looked too good yet, but he's... Well, it's just his timing. Yeah, I I know. You know, he hadn't hadn't swung the bat. And so so, um, someone asked earlier when he'll be back. Eric, I'm guessing that he'll be back possibly at the closest by the end of the week, maybe two weeks. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I think it would be when he's ready. And I think that he's a beast. He's a terminator. He's a predator, whatever they want to call him. And he's been healing pretty quickly, but he, he needs to be where he's doing well. And um, in a little bit, we will address Michael Brantley. He did speak. He did address the situation and um, we'll, how long is he going to be out? We don't know, but we'll do, we will talk about Michael Brantley. But uh, what what was weird was the fact that Yiner Diaz played in a game that Hunter Brown pitched. We do need to talk about Hunter Brown too, but he did oh, yeah. not catch Hunter Brown. And uh, Dusty Baker was asked about that, and he said, "Well, um, I just feel like if something happened to Yiner Diaz, Martin Maldonado need to have some experience catching." Hunter Brown. And I, I, when I heard that and read that, I'm like, um, I'm just like, want to do a face palm and uh, whatever. Just like, this is a veteran catcher. This is a guy that you say is your pitching leader. If something happens to Yiner Diaz, I'm pretty sure he can figure out how to catch Hunter Brown. Yeah, that was, look, Sometimes, sometimes Dusty just says things that makes you scratch your head. Of course, I, I would never question or ever attack his baseball intelligence because he has far more experience in the game than I'll ever right. have. But the initial reaction is what I saw all over social media and just friends and people that I know. They were like, so why wouldn't you start Diaz more against Valdez with Valdez and Javier? in case your 36-year-old aging catcher goes down with an injury. Don't you want him to have experience with those pitchers as well? So sometimes sometimes the explanations, I think, miss the mark. I don't think he intends for them to miss the mark, okay? I think he really at times feels like he has to justify. And if I was him, I wouldn't even say that. I would say because I, because I like the matchup with Martin Maldonado behind the plate, I liked him with Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown has had Diaz behind the plate every game. I think it's time he has a veteran catcher back there and leave it at that. Sometimes I think the way he delivers it and what he says 
leaves himself opened up to, you know, be opened up for criticism and scrutiny because it's easy to take someone's words and manipulate them, right? You don't know his intention. You don't know his heart. And so that's always a fun game to play in the media. Dusty, a lot of times is media gold. He'll say things that we love to repeat, you know, our thoughts by Dusty segment and things like that. But Diaz needs to be in the lineup more. Diaz showed today with his power. Diaz has a bat, but that bat cannot get going if he's not in there consistently. I don't mind Diaz being a DH. I don't mind Martin being behind the plate. Diaz needs at bats. He needs to be in the game. He needs to be catching more, and he needs to have at bats, period. Yeah. End of story. I don't think there's any debate there. I, I just love how um, the Astros sometimes, especially when uh, like a rookie hits their first, first home run, they do the silent treatment. It's like when you say something clever, I give you the silent treatment um, as well. And uh, so it, it's just a really cool situation. And then you have the whole team just kind of, Oh no, we're just playing with you, and then rush in and just uh, give the give him high fives and everything like that. But uh, Yiner Diaz was just like playing up. He like um, Bregman was pretending to look at his iPad, and Diaz just kind of like high five the iPad. And uh, then you see Abreu in the background, Jose Abreu just kind of giggling because I guess he's not. I don't know if he's not used to that, but. Um, but then everybody just kind of ran in and I've saw a lot of people making a big issue about, about the fact, I mean, he was in the hole, but that Martin Maldonado did not join in once everybody. Oh, you know what? I saw that. And I wondered if people were going to jump on that. Oh, look, Martin doesn't like Diaz. I'm like, no, he was putting on his batting gloves. Yeah. Getting ready to go back, go up on deck. And so, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't look, this clubhouse does not have issues like that. I mean, to, to make a mountain out of a molehill there, I think is pretty lame. Um, and basically tells me that people don't really know a whole lot about this team. Diaz came in there. I, I love the silent treatment. I mean, you know, when someone messes with you, like, you know, when you're in college growing up, you know, they, they've kind of like accepted you into the fold. Diaz has been with this team pretty much every day. And so he is, he's a much part of this clubhouse as anybody else's. And so, um, this clubhouse is fun. They like to play around. So I love that silent treatment. Um, what's up? Why are you, why are you looking off to the right? Oh, sorry. I was giving you, oh, you give me the silent treatment. Yes, oh, I was like, what? <laughs> I was trying to think, what did I do? I mean, you missed see, it. Too. I said, you see, when you say something clever, I give you the silent treatment. And then... yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I totally missed it. Cause I was kind of in the zone. <laughs> I was in the um, HM wheelhouse zone, I guess. All right. So yeah, but the, uh, it was good to see Yiner Diaz get that hit there and because he his bat's been struggling recently and the astros uh, they scored the runs early uh alvarez had that big two run double early in the first inning then you had dubon and bregman uh, get the little blue pits early in the game and uh the astros scored three runs in the first inning i can't remember how often that's happened in fact i'm gonna actually look up that as we're talking well, so so why are you looking that up so they've been averaging only three runs the last six games they scored four today they broke out the offense broke out but eric we need more of these crooked run um numbered innings we can't just survive on one three four or five run outburst right. this team needs to do this multiple innings um, I don't like, though, what I'm seeing from Bregman overall. He's still 204. He was still only one for four today. Um, he he had many opportunities this series to score runs, to bring runs in, and he they just left too many on base. They left way, way too many on base the game before. 
Um, they still left, you know, several on base today. Um, well, I, I guess they left four on base today. They didn't have as many opportunities. They did have nine hits. You know, I, I just this offense has been as much of a question mark and problem as people hyper focusing on whether Maldi's starting over Diaz or whether they should have signed a Brayu. Those two issues don't don't highlight where this offense is. This offense is 100% centered around two people, Tucker and Alvarez. Period. I know I know Peña has six home runs. I know we've got a couple of the guys who have six home runs, but Alvarez and Tucker have I would say 80% of the runs that this team scored. And right. someone's like, "Well, maybe the league will figure out not to pitch to Jordan." I'm like, "If they haven't figured out to not pitch to Jordan by now, they're probably not going to figure it out the rest of the year. They're going to keep throwing it to Jordan because they're not afraid of the rest of the lineup. I think when the rest of the lineup wakes up, then you're going to see more more walks to Jordan Alvarez. But is he just keen at the plate? Just, I love this guy. I was, <laughs> did you see his expression when that ball stayed fair? The ball that he hit down the right field foul yeah. line. And he yeah. just stood there like his, he just was his like, face was I'm not like, ready. That's not fair. I'm not ready. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, uh, we are going to talk about Hunter Brown in a second, and we are going to address the Michael Brantley stuff. But, Brent, I want to go and give you all a quiz, uh, you a quiz. And uh, since in celebration of us going to the Killers concert, go ahead and drop your favorite killer song in the chat, guys. But, Brett, here's your question. Which two innings have the Astros scored runs in, uh, the least amount of runs in this year? The first inning and the fifth inning. Uh. It is the second inning. They've only scored nine runs, and mm. the sixth inning, they've scored 10 runs. Well, hold on. How many runs have they scored in the first inning? 20. Really? Not include, that's not including today's game. Really? Yes. Oh, I thought they – oh, I, I didn't so think they got on the board. Second inning, nine. Okay. Sixth inning, Oh, 10. that's right, because because they do a lot of, like, one run tier, one run there. Like, they'll go up one to nothing, then they'll, they'll go behind, and the offense won't show up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I know, but if you look at what they've done in the later innings, uh, you've got um, in the ninth inning, they've scored 20 runs, 22 runs in the eighth inning, and the seventh inning, 27 runs, fifth inning, 20 runs, fourth inning, 17 runs, third inning, 20 runs, and first inning, 20 runs. So wow. they're pretty okay. consistent except for that second inning. And second inning well, and the sixth inning. But the thing is, though, they just haven't, they, this offense has got so much more and obviously, well, we can't wait for Brantley to come back. So we don't know when he's coming back. Uh, we can't wait for, um, I mean, Altuve is going to come back. Right. But he's still going to have to get his timing down. I mean, he, you can't, you can't expect this guy to get to be interjected into this lineup and right away, make an impact. Yes, you can. Um, He's Thor. Thor just had this beer belly and uh, he became a no, that's again. Your Don. And- that's that's your Don is Thor. Altuve <laughs> is I don't know what superhero he would be. Well, I almost said one, but it would be wrong. People don't say rocket. Wrong. <laughs> no, I would not say rocket. I almost said Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, um, no. I was just saying coming back from just um I guess not playing or being out of shape or something like that. But I think that um, I think we can expect 
maybe not the home run power initially, but I think you can expect him to come um, hitting. But I think you'll have to give him a little bit of time, but we'll see. So definitely um, let's go and switch uh, to the pitching. I know JP France did really good this um, on Friday, six innings. Um, uh, it was just, uh, I think he gave up a home run, right? But overall, it was a great appearance. Um, he's looking like a dominant pitcher. Then Brandon Belak, um, he did pretty good considering um, he's facing no, yeah, he did a, a team. He did an, yeah, he Five did an animal, yeah. Eight hits, one earned run. Uh, one home run was to that um, kid that kept on killing the Astros all weekend, which is Robert Jr. Um, oh, man. I, so my uh, Susie kept on calling him Lou Bob Jr. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here's the deal with, with with him. And that's a guy that that really the White Sox depend on. And really, when you look at their lineup, you think, OK, this is this is an offense that is formidable. You look at their pitching. This is a this is a pitching staff that really has some really good throwers on the mound. They just have not been putting it together. They've been dealing with injury here and there. They're still waiting for Hendricks to come back. He's actually on his way back from his cancer diagnosis, which is really cool. That'll be neat to see him return to the mound. But this offense is going to need some sparks from Dubon again, some more um, from Jolks. Um, When Myers and McCormick, when they get their opportunities, they need to not just make defensive plays. They need to contribute with the bat. And Bregman, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Bregman. Um, Bregman is Bregman just. It's like the the moment you think he's going to just come out of this. I wouldn't say slump, just come out of the funk that he's in. Mm-hmm. He just kind of slides back into it. Defensively, he's phenomenal. Defensively, he's Alex yeah. Bregman. He's your All Star third baseman. He's not being DFA'd. He's not being sent to AAA. Abreu's not being sent to AAA. I keep seeing people say this on on social media. Terrible take. These guys are major leaguers. They've got to work out of it. And, and this isn't the first time that Bregman or Abreu's been in a slump. It's not going to be the last time in their career. But be patient with those guys because they'll put it all together, I think, eventually. All right. So Hunter Brown uh, was what I was leading to in that okay. situation. Um, I think that maybe Dusty Baker just felt like he needed a reset maybe a reset from having the same old catcher, um, maybe just to um, clear the mechanism to go back okay. for the love of the game. And that's why Martin Malnado started today. And I think it looked pretty good. He had eight strikeouts in his game. Seven of them were on curveballs. Uh, the curveballs are really good against the yeah. White Sox. I know Robert um, had the home run against him. And um, overall, you he did give up some hits. Um uh, he, overall, he gave up the three runs, but for most part, I think it was the fact that Baker tried to stretch him out into the sixth inning, like he's done with all the pitchers, it seems like. But uh, still, this was a good bounce back appearance for a young rookie pitcher that's trying to just establish himself in this league. And so his ERA on the season is pretty darn good, it is 3.43. He allowed two home runs today, actually, on seven hits. But his record is 4-1. and one, And I know wins aren't he's, the be-all, end-all, but still. No, but he's still leading all rookies in war. He's still leading all rookie pitchers in strikeouts and innings pitched in ERA. So I think he's well on his way right now. If if the vote were to go today, Hunter Brown would be the American League Rookie of the Year, hands down. And I think he continues this trend. 
Look, I think it also gives them confidence too, Eric. You've got two guys, two of your main pitchers out in Garcia and Arquiti. And to top that off, you've got the top two pitchers that are in there with you. And then J.P. France comes along, and we can't forget about him. His second start looked phenomenal. J.P. France can't get lost in the mix. I mean, he's coming in, replacing an injured pitcher. And so you've got J.P. France, who's coming in with a lot of expectations. First two major league starts looks great. Hunter Brown continuing to Forrest fight. Midley, doing, good. Yeah, Forrest, well, we're, we're sticking with the Astros right now. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we'll get to him. He had a he had a decent start. But it, it's great to see Hunter Brown doing what he's doing because when he gets in trouble and he gives up a hit, it's like he focuses. It it upsets him and it motivates him in the right way. And a lot of times young pitchers, Eric, when they give up stuff, they tend to overthrow. And when you overthrow, you either walk or you, or you put stuff where they're not supposed to go and boom, balls end up out of the park even more. And you see the wheels fall off. And we haven't seen that with Hunter Brown. So I think it was smart to put Martin behind the plate just for the reason you mentioned. Mentally, that's not a bad move. Mentally, that's great. You've got Diaz in the lineup. I think that's a key. I think that's a keynote that people need to make sure that they pay attention to. In a world where the Astros are 29th in batting average with 207, 29th in home runs, 29th in runs scored, 30th in on-base percentage, and 29th and slugging percentage. This world needs a superhero like Michael Brantley. Where is Michael Brantley, you might say? Where did he go after Anaheim? Well, apparently, he went to Dallas to get his shoulder check, and he had some inflammation in his shoulder, and this is something that he's going to been deal. He was actually dealing with some pain when he was playing with the Sugarland Space Cowboys, and this is what he said. As a competitor, you want to be out there with your team. I love these guys. I love this organization. No one's more disappointed than myself. But at the same time, I'll continue to put in the work, keep my head down, and be the best teammate I can. He said that uh, the shoulder was not recovering like he had hoped. They sent him to Dallas to consult with the doctors who had performed his surgery in the first place. There he received the MRI that revealed the inflammation. He said, I've been trying to push through a few things. I mean, that's what we do, right? But at the same time, it just got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore. I understand there's going to be good and bad. Everybody's probably working through something. This is baseball. I understand that as well. But I've got to be healthier than than I was going to compete at this level. There are the best players in the world. And I'm not going to go out there if I'm hurting my team in any way. Signed, Chad Qualls. No, sorry. <laughs> Good Lord. Should we <laughs> throw a Chad Qualls in there? Good Lord, man. I mean, you can't, you can't put Michael Brentland and Chad Qualls. Come on, man. Um, I, don't, I understand what you're saying there. But look, Michael Brentley, um, I'll be real honest. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I'm confident that he will play much before the All-Star break. Um, I'm not too confident how much he's going to play at all this year. I just, I've kind of in my mind, and this is just me personally. Okay. This isn't like Intel or inside sources, but I just personally am going to look at this team going forward as if Michael Brantley's not going to contribute at all in the lineup, because if he does, it'll be a great surprise and I won't be disappointed. I'm just not expecting him to, to really do that. So then going forward, that makes you wonder, um, 
are there other are, are there trade deadline pieces that they're looking at outside of pitching? Um, are they going to worry about filling that hole in left field? Are they going to just, you know, use Diaz, Alvarez and all of them, you know, like what is going to happen? Because if Dear Chaz Dan. and well, Dear Dan. no, you, you don't have to go to Yerdon yet. Because if Chaz and Myers are both healthy, you can put Chaz and left and Myers and center. So you've you've got left field taken care of right now. You don't necessarily have to call up anybody. But my thing is, at the end of the day, this team, with all those lower rankings offensively, we are only three and a half games behind the Rangers. The Rangers are only 24 and 15. We're 21 and 19. And so the Houston Astros, I think, are fine. We've not had Altuve. We're down Brentley. JP France is exceeding expectations. Brandon Belak's holding the line. Hunter Brown is looking like a rookie of the year favorite. Javier and and you know Framber continue to do those things. Abreu is looking really good in the relief pitching spot. And so you've got bright spots on this team. You just need more consistency from this offense. I just I don't necessarily have to have long balls. I just have to have RBIs. I have to have RBI chances, and when RBI chances come up, the runners are scoring position. Jordan can't be the only guy hitting with runners in scoring position because right now it's pretty much him and nobody else. Right, guys. Don't forget to um, catch every home uh, play-by-play call on of every Astros game on the SiriusXM app. Just uh, download the app. Um, just search SXM and search Astros. The first pitch is going to be 710 on Monday. It's going to be Jameson Talion versus Romer Valdez. Uh, this should be a very favorable matchup for the Astros, but we'll see. So just go check out Sirius XM. And um, I, I know you talked the other day about phantom injuries. Um, at some point, I hope um, I'm, I kind of wish there was a phantom injury to Mr. Montero. So we don't have any more Montero <laughs> games, but otherwise, please Montero, let's figure your stuff out for the team for the next two years. After this year, Rafael Montero, you need to do better. And that's all we got for this edition of the locked on Astros podcast. Brett and I are going to a killer's content concert and happy mother's day to everybody out there. Everyone who calls yourself a every happy mother's day. And everybody else who's not a mom, just go call your mom and say, happy Mother's Day. Brett, you got anything else? No, just make sure you call your mom, tell her you love her, and thank you all again. Will the Astros continue to be the daddies of the rest of the league? I don't know. Right. <laughs> Let's have a good one. Y'all, y'all go have a great weekend and a great week. We'll see you all tomorrow night. All right. Go Strohs.